Welcome to Neville Goddard Radio with your host, Barry Peterson. Join us as we listen to some of Neville Goddard's best lectures on scriptural interpretation, imagination, and the promise. Most of these lectures have never been recorded or released on the internet until now. We will be delving into the works of Neville Goddard, Freedom Barry, and Frank Carter for the first time and only available here on Neville Goddard Radio. So sit back, put your feet up, and get ready to unleash your imagination with one of America's greatest mystics. Frank Carter Lecture Number 2, dated 61376. Frank Carter, I think I will start today by telling you one of Neville's favorite stories. You know he adored children. It seems a little girl came home from Sunday school, and the parents asked her what she had learned that day, and she said, Oh, we learned about Mrs. Murphy. And they said, Mrs. Murphy? And she said, Yes, you know, good Mrs. Murphy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, what is so precious to us about this is that the little child, not understanding the spiritual principle, personified it. She turned it into a person. Paul, in the letter to Philemon, did exactly the same. He took his own bowels and personified them. Now, before I go on, let me tell you what Paul says, how he identifies himself. In the second letter of Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the 11th verse, Paul makes a statement. I am become a fool in glorying. Now, Paul spoke both Hebrew and Greek. He was bilingual, undoubtedly. He was trilingual because he was a Roman citizen. I assume he spoke Latin as well because he ended up in Rome, according to Acts. Now, when Paul says, I am a fool... If he takes it as a pun, he is saying, I am a Neville. You can hear that is a play on Neville, because the word for Neville, for fool in Hebrew, is Neville, N-E-V-A-L. Now, the word Neville also means skin bag. So you hear Paul telling you that on one level he has become a skin bag. That is to say, he has taken the cross, he is incarnated, he has become a man. On the other level, he is telling you about your very own self, because here we are in these garments of flesh, these skin bags. Incidentally, the word for fool in English comes from the Latin word foolis, F-O-O-L-I-S, which means windbag. So what better description could you have of a human body than it is a skin and a windbag? As a matter of fact, we like to call certain people windbags. I feel like one right now. Now, in the letter to Philemon, Paul makes four disclosures, but first let me take the bowels. He says, I beseech you for my son, Osmosis, whom I have begotten in my bonds. I beseech you to receive him as my very own self, that is to say, my own bowels. Paul makes his statement. In that same letter, he makes three references to the bowels. Now the letter is so short, so very short. I believe it is the shortest document in Scripture. It is so short that he wouldn't possibly have mentioned the word bowels three times unless he was trying to present a mystery. Now let me go back to what I told you last week to refresh your memory. Three years before Neville departed, I saw him die in the night vision as Judas. Now in case you don't know the story of Judas' death, we are told in the first chapter of Acts that Judas was the guy to them that took Jesus. And this man, with the reward of his inequity, purchased a field, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. I didn't tell it to Neville for a long time because it was so grisly. Then, when he said from the platform, I love to hear that anyone has seen me die. One night I found it in scripture, so I told him, and he said, Yes, I am Judas. 
Judas betrayed the messianic secrets. Now you know the messianic secrets is that David is the son of God who reveals you to yourself as God the Father. Now Judas being described as the guide to them that took Jesus therefore is the great teacher. The word guide in Greek is the same word that is used for the followers of the way. Guide is derived from the same word as way, and you remember that the early Christians were known as the followers of the way. Also in the second century, there was a sect obviously considered heretical by the church, but a Christian sect called the Canaanites, who venerated Jesus as a chief apostle. Now coming back to the letter of Philemon, Philemon in Greek boils down to friend, especially the friend who is kissed. Now you remember that the sign Judas gave them when he betrayed Jesus, and don't ever forget that you are Jesus. I'm not talking about anything historical. I'm talking about the being you really are. The sign Judas gave was this, Whomsoever I shall kiss the same as he hold him fast. I think you're beginning to see the connection. This letter is addressed to Philemon, the one who is kissed. So Paul is actually Judas, because of Neville was Judas, and Neville and Paul are the same being, because of the identical experiences. Therefore, Paul is Judas, and in this letter, he is giving you the information about the mystery of the bowels. I love the way Neville would talk about Paul. He said, Here is this man who apparently was the founder of the Christian religion, because nowhere do you find such a discussion of the principles of Christianity as you do in the letters of Paul. Now Neville said, even though he was supposed to have been in all the best jails in all the ancient world, there is no record of him, none whatsoever. Now when you read a man's word, you're reading his mind. He is revealing his mind to you. Now who was Paul? Again, let's look at the Hebrew because he was thoroughly a Hebrew. The word Paul in Hebrew mean verb. It not only means verb, it also means the formal name for the part of the verb like we say present tense, past tense, and so on in English. Now another formal name for the verb in Hebrew is niffel, N-I-F-F-E-L. I don't have to point out how close to Neville that is. And if you remember that in our own English language, V converts to P, because we don't say I have to go, we say I have to go. So there you have the V converting to P. So Paul is the word. Another meaning for Paul is maker. Do you remember in the Old Testament, your maker is your husband, that's God. So here we have Paul, the word, the verb, telling you that because a Neville is a skin bag, he's telling you that he took on human form. Actually, those words were written by you because you are the Elohim, the one who made up of many, the one who wrote the story and came down here in the story. Now, getting back to the letter of Philemon, the first point Paul makes is that he is a prisoner. I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. The next point he makes is about the bowels. Now, this letter is written to you. He says, The bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Then he goes on and says, I beseech you for my son, one Musas, whom I have begotten in my bonds, receive him as my very own self, that is mine own bowels. Then he goes on the next part of the letter to make the point that he is Paul the Aged. Now there is some difference of option among Greek scholars as to how this should be translated. Some scholars think it should be aged in the sense of presbyter. Others think it should be translated ambassador. So he's telling you he is the aged. He is the ambassador. The last point he makes in the letter is for you to prepare a lodging for him. 
because he will undoubtedly be sent to you. I hope that if you haven't read the letter, you will read it when you get home. It's very short. So here in this letter we have Paul, who is the Word, who has made the point elsewhere that he is Neville, telling you the mystery of the bowels, telling you that he is the ambassador, and to reserve a place for him because he is coming. Now allow me to share an experience I had before Neville departed. I saw him one night as the fool. He was dressed in cap and bells. He was wearing a tutu. He looked absolutely idiotic, and he was dancing across the stage like a soft-shoe dance. And I hesitated to tell him, because you know how dignified he was. But I told him anyway, and his eyes just danced, because he knew. He knew Scripture so thoroughly that he knew that he was the fool. Another experience I had in a dream, I ran into a friend of mine who was called David. So you might say that I found David. And as I was leaving him, Neville suddenly appeared just like that, and grabbed me by my shoulders and kissed me on the cheek and disappeared immediately. When I thought about it the next day, I thought, well, yes, it all makes sense, because I know that Neville is Judas, and Neville kissed me. And so if he kisses me, I know who I am, because in Scripture the one who is kissed by Judas is Jesus. And I hope you don't think that I am setting myself as someone unusual. So I got up and went to my Bible and practically opened to the story of Neville and David in the Old Testament. It's in the first book of Samuel, the 25th chapter. The whole chapter is about Neville the fool, his wife Abigail, and David. It's a complete parable of the story of the meeting between Neville the fool and David, who is his son. But it's told in such a dramatic way that you could never understand it until the story has been fulfilled by the one it was written about, because Neville in the story is painted as a heavy, a bad guy. So anyone who was acquainted with Neville would say, well, this couldn't be because you simply couldn't find anyone better than Neville, anyone kinder, anyone more loving. So how could this be the same one? The story opens with Neville. Incidentally, I am pronouncing the B as a V, because in Hebrew, B and V are interchangeable sounds. As a matter of fact, you're likely to hear two Hebrew-speaking people arguing about whether it's B or V. So I'm saying Neville. The story opens with Naval shearing his sheep. Now, there are only three characters in Scripture who shear their sheep, even though this is a very, very ordinary thing, and having to do with the importance of the economy in the ancient world. Only three characters are described as shearing their sheep. They are Laban Judah, who is Judas, and Naval. Now, the interesting thing is that Laban is Naval spelled backwards. Naval is spelled N-B-L. Lavan is spelled L-B-N. It's the same name. Hebrew is read from the right to the left. So if you were reading it in Hebrew, it would be Naval. If you were reading it in English, it would be the same as if you had read it backwards, and right in the middle is Judah. Now we've already established that Judah was Neville and Paul. So here he is in the company of these other two supposedly who sheared their sheep. Now David is in the wilderness, and he hears that Naval is shearing his sheep. David's band of men had protected Naval's men, protected them from outlaws. So David sends word by his young men that he would like, because of the service he has performed, he would like for Naval to send him some provisions if possible. They need food, they need drink, and he ends up by saying, If you can give this to your servants and to your son David. David calls Naval father when he says this. Naval, instead of responding, repudiates any obligation to help David. As a matter of fact, he says, Who is David? and who was the son of Jesse. Now, where did he get this information? David did not send him this information, and yet Naval knows that David is the son of Jesse, which is the same as I am. 
David is the son of the being whose name is I Am. David is so furious that he decides to kill Naval and all his men. He swears that he will do it, but one of the young men gets wind of this and goes to Abigail, Naval's wife. Now Abigail in Hebrew means father of joy. You know that a man's wife is his emanation, that is to say, the thing that flows out of the personality of the spirit of the soul. Naval thought this very definitely. So, in Scripture, when you hear a man's wife, it's not talking about sex on this level as we understand it in marriage. In that sense, it is talking about one being and the two aspects. The man, the garment, the man's wife, which is the life, the animation. Abigail decides to send David's provisions. Now among the food that she sends are two bottles of wine. Now the word bottle in Hebrew is nebel. He sends two nebels of wine. She rides as scripture says on her ass on her way to meet David. Now you know that the ass is a symbol for the body. It's not talking about the animal of the beast of burden, but the human body. So here's another way of saying it. The father of joy is riding on the human body. The father is incarnated in the human body. When she gets to the place where David is, she lights off the ass and falls at David's feet and says, Don't take your vengeance out on my husband of all. He's a fool, as his name is. His folly is with him. Then she says, Naval is his name. Now at this point, let me tell you that Neville had his name assigned to him. Some of you may know the story. When he was just a few days old, his mother was pondering what to name him, and all of a sudden a voice spoke out. His name is Neville. And she looked around. There was no one there. About this time, his uncle walked up the stairs and said, Did you say something? And he said, No, but the baby's name is Neville. So that's how he got his name. Now let's return to the passage in this 25th chapter of the first Samuel, the 25th verse. Naval is his name, the same words as the announcement which his mother heard, except that it's turned around. Then David, after she had finished speaking, said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who sent you to me this day. So David in spirit sees his own father, who is the wife of Naval the fool, and this is the story which Neville told. I'm sure he knew that story was in Scripture. Why he never told it, I don't know. Perhaps he was too modest. But here Neville, the historic man who actually has this experience, and it's written in Scripture in terms of his own name. So you have Paul as Neville Paul, as Judas Paul, as the fool Neville, as the fool. What I'm getting is that the man named Paul in Scripture had all the experiences of Scripture. Neville repeatedly said, I'm not theorizing, I'm not speculating. I have experienced the whole book. Paul's name was changed from Saul. Now the name Saul means in Hebrew asking, that is to say asking in the sense of searching, searching for the Father, searching for truth. After he finds the truth, his name is changed to Paul, which means maker and verb. That is to say he discovers who he really is, the being who he really is. Now this is what happened to Neville. He had these experiences, and he awoke as God the Father. Then he felt he had the responsibility to tell it to us. I'm sure you remember his experience to see the large quartz, and as he looked at it, it fragmented. It broke into a million pieces. And then as he looked at it, contemplating it, it suddenly resembled as his own glorified form of Buddha in the lotus posture. So he was looking at his very own being. Now Jacob in the Old Testament wrestled with a night visitor wrestled all night, and as the morning approached, the being he was wrestling with said, Let me go, because dawn is breaking. And he said, I won't go until you bless me. 
And the being said, Very well, you are no longer Jacob, you are now Israel. He changed his name to Israel, which means he rules as God. Now the name Jacob means supplanter. The one who is able to take the place, the one who is able to use his imagination to get whatever he wants. Now that's what Neville taught for years, the principle that imagining creates reality, that you can have anything in this world you want. So when Jacob's name was changed to Israel, he named the place where it happened Penuel, P-E-N-N-U-A-L, which means face of God. Now that's a strange thing to name it. According to the events, he wrestled all night, then he prevailed, his name was changed, and then he names it face of God. This is explained the next morning when his brother Esau arrives. Now, if you remember the story, Jacob had stolen Esau's birthright, and Esau hated Jacob for that reason, and Jacob was very afraid to face Esau the next day. Now, you must remember that they were twins, that is to say, they were lookalikes. It's really the mystery of the outer and the inner man. The twins are that mystery, just as the man and his wife are not man and wife on this level, but the mystery of the garments and the being who is wearing the garment, they're one. So Esau and Jacob are actually one being, but it's told in a story form, so it'll make an impression. So listen to what Jacob says to Esau the next day. He calls him my Lord, and he said, I saw my Lord's face as it were the face of God. So here, in a parable, Jacob is telling you that he saw his own face as God. In other words, he realized that he is the being that he was seeking. Paul in 1 Corinthians 13th chapter is hinting that this experience that he had, the same experience which Neville had. He says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. And the word glass means mirror. And you look in a mirror for only one reason, to see that which you cannot see, otherwise your own face. So Paul is telling you that you are going to see your own face to face, and this is exactly what Neville taught. I hope I've made this clear. I don't thoroughly understand it myself, but it's all there, and I hope you'll dig it out. End of lecture. You are listening to Neville Goddard Radio with your host, Barry Peterson.